All right, we're rolling. Welcome, everybody, to a, another episode of the Pacer Pod. I'm recording this on Sunday, October 28th. So the Pacers just finished up uh, a, a week with three games, and uh, they did what I said last week would be par. So that means that they they won two of the three games, and um, I was hoping that they could win, you know, both the game against Minnesota and the game against San Antonio. I was hoping that maybe they could win both of those. That would have been um, a real strong start to the season. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into that here. But uh, so last week the Pacers played the Timberwolves at, at uh, on the road. Then they played San Antonio on the road. And then they played the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. Uh, the Pacers went two and one in that road trip. Um, the first game was at Minnesota. So this would have been, the Pacers were, um, let's see, they would have been three or no, two and one. Anyways, I, I don't need to remember the, the very beginning of the season, but um I can't, why am I not thinking of, anyways, uh, so, yeah, at Minnesota, uh, it was the worst game of the season by far, the Pacers looked like crap, um, I'd say in a nutshell, it was just like a sloppy game that had a lot of turnovers, um, a lot of missed shots, uninspired play, I felt like, uh, just boring to watch, it was like a boring-ass Pacers game, it's like, the game against Minnesota was, uh, just one of those ugh, the Pacers are unbearable sometimes to watch, um, especially when they were playing that game at Minnesota. Um, there was only like really one. I don't know. Uh, Bojan had a good game. I think he had over 20 points and um, he's actually been playing really well lately. Um, but yeah, the game against Minnesota just kind of sucked. Um I think part of it had to do with the fact that we didn't get anything from our bench. So the, going into that game against Minnesota, the Pacers were number one in the NBA with, in bench points. And in that game against Minnesota, they didn't get anything from their bench. Uh, Tyreek Evans and Sabonis, they had uh, 10 points. They combined for 10 points. And those guys have been averaging, you know, each over 10 a game. So we really kind of sucked it on the bench. I thought, um, well, just looking at the box score after the game, I didn't really notice it watching it, but they didn't play the bench very often. So McMillan played his starters a lot. I think all the starters had over 30. And so like Sabonis and Tyreek, their minutes were like 16, 17 minutes. So they were low and I'm not really sure why, maybe just cause they weren't playing that well. Um, but I feel like guys like Tyreek and Sabonis, unless there's reasons I don't know of, I, you just got to give them their minutes. Like even if they're not playing that well, um, especially because it's not like our starters were playing really well either. I, I think you need to treat Tyreek and Sabonis with like the same level of respect that you give Collison and Dad Young. Um, I, I see us as a team with like seven starters, really. It's like, I don't think we should be married to the fact that Collison's our starting point guard or um, I get Dad Young, but you know, we might, maybe Miles Turner, maybe we start Sabonis. I don't know. I'm just talking crazy right now, but, um, 
I just think that Tyreek and Sabonis deserve to not have minutes cut short just because they're on the bench. And I'm not saying that's the case, but um, so that's one thing. This is just one game too, but um, Sabonis came back from his injury. Um, he missed one of our early games with the, oh, it was the game after Milwaukee with the bruised knee. So he came back in the game against uh, Minnesota and looked good. And he's looked good um, against San Antonio and last night against Cleveland. So we don't need to worry about Sabonis's injury, uh, at least so far. Um, but yeah, that game sucked to watch. And it was a bummer because I was thinking, man, you know, that would be, that would have been their best win of the season. I think going to Minnesota and getting a win. Um, I think it's more impressive than any of their wins that they had uh, their first two wins at home against Memphis and against uh, uh, Brooklyn. So after, after losing to the Timberwolves like that, you know, the Pacers still didn't have a solid win. And then that's when, that's why I think the win at San Antonio was such a good one. So after they got stomped by the, uh, um, after they got stomped by the Timberwolves, the Pacers came back on Wednesday in San Antonio and laid a beat down on the Spurs on the road. And it was a pretty awesome game. They, uh, the Pacers looked like themselves again. And actually, I think they looked like the best version of themselves all season. Uh, they were playing uh, faster. They seemed to be moving the ball a little quicker. Um, they just had energy about them. They just looked completely better than what they did against Minnesota. Um, and it was nice to see them bounce back and just get a good win against San Antonio. So then now it's like, okay, well, we have a good win on our belt. And we are on par with, you know, the season, I would say. Like, we, we lost to Minnesota, but we got the win in San Antonio. It would have sucked if we would have lost it at San Antonio, too. Um, so there's our, our, our best win so far at San Antonio. Um, and then Saturday, we rolled into Cleveland. And uh, Cleveland has a bad team, man. Woo. Dan, if you're listening, man, your team is rough. Um, but the Pacers didn't look great, but they the game never really was in question um, after the first couple minutes of the third quarter. Um, one note about this game was that Tyreek Evans was out, and he was out because of a uh, team violation. So I did my my homework. I looked it up, and uh, it said that Tyreek was uh, late for practice. I got this from IndyCornrows.com, which is cool. I like checking out places. They usually, uh, if I have a question, I can usually find an answer there, which is nice. Um, but so yeah, Tyreek was late for practice, and I don't know if McMillan gave him the punishment of a one game, you know, mandatory sit out, or if it was team imposed, um, it's, it's just said that he, you know, he's, he's, he's not going to be dressed for the Cleveland game. And uh, one of the things I looked up and I found from Indy Cornrows was a quote from Tyreek Evans. And it says, uh, quote, this is the most professional and team oriented organization I have been with in my career. They deserve my best every day, and I am disappointed in myself for causing a distraction that prevents me from being able to help my team tomorrow. I will do better. So he did this on Saturday, 
Um, and uh, uh, that, that's it, you know, so he's out for the game, but he said the right thing, you know, um, Tyreek played for Sacramento, Memphis. Um, I don't know if he, I think that's it. And then, so I think Indiana's the only team. So I don't know if it's like, you know, was he just barely late uh, or was, was he just barely late? And this is just like Pacers culture. Um, that was one thing that I remember from uh, media day was Nate McMillan saying that, you know, his biggest pet peeves were um, like guys being late and not respecting the game. So I don't know. It's just kind of cool. You get it. He said it and the team, that's, that must be the rules. And maybe it's not like that at other organizations, uh, but you know, it's all good. Like, Tyreek, uh, you know, he was a little late. He missed a game. Pacers still got the win. I think he'll be ready to come back. And, like, you know, maybe this just – I think this could be a positive, actually. Uh, I'm not just going to assume that this is something that is going to uh, be an issue, that, like, for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know. I guess it seems like a genuine apology. Like, they deserve my best every day, and I'm disappointing myself for causing a distraction. Yeah, whatever. If it was, yeah. The 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 point is, you know, Tyreek missed the game. Um, but anyways, so the game against Cleveland was, um, it was pretty easy. I think like the 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 Pacers were pretty sloppy. Uh, I think as far as like turnovers, uh, but they were just nailing their shots. I think we shot seventy percent or something. Seemed like from the field, and um. Cleveland is just, you know, I, Colin Sexton hit some free throws. I, I can say that, but um, I don't know. That was just a, an easy, easy win for the Pacers, uh, boostering or bumping their record up to four and two. And that puts, that makes them good enough for fourth in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Um, Milwaukee and Toronto are off to hot starts. Both teams are undefeated. Um, and then the Detroit Pistons of all teams are four and one. Um, I believe they were one of my overs for this, for the season, but, um, I definitely didn't think they would be this good, nor do I think they're that good. Um, but who knows? I haven't watched them. I shouldn't judge them. Uh, but Detroit is in third in the Eastern conference at the moment. And then the Pacers are tied for fourth with the Boston Celtics at, uh, 14, four and two. So that's a look at the Eastern conference. Um, Oh, one thing that I've noticed watching the Pacers this year that I like um, is when the other team calls a timeout during the game, so momentum starts shifting in the pace in the Pacers' favor, and um, the opposing coach calls a timeout, um, and then coming out of the timeout, I've noticed that the uh, that the Pacers will put a full court press on on the inbound. And uh, it's a pretty cool trick because it's just, you know, the team had had surely drawn up a play that they wanted to do uh, coming out of the timeout and then to kind of make them break a press, which which hardly ever happens in the NBA. Do they press? Um, you know, I think that's cool. So it, it caught the Cavs today or I was watching the game today, but it was from last night. Uh, it took them like 12 seconds to get into their offense. So then they ended up kind of rushing. Um, but anyways, 
cool trick by uh, Nate McMillan or somebody on that coaching staff. I like it when the Pacers do that. And I've seen him do it a few times this year. Um, the Pacers beat the Cavs so bad that the Cleveland Cavaliers fired their coach, Tyron Lue. Uh, I don't think that's why they fired him, but uh, he's gone now. Um, yeah, so that's that's the last. Those are basically the Pacers. You know, last three games, uh, lost to Toronto or not Toronto, the Timberwolves, and a win against San Antonio and a win against Cleveland on the road. So they're four and two. And now going into the next this next week, they've got four games. And uh, before I talk about those four games, I wanted to just point out a few key stats um, so far into the season. So with the Pacers six games into the season, they have six guys averaging double figures in points, um, three additional players averaging eight or more points. So, you know, you're talking nine guys averaging eight points a game. Um, that's a pretty incredible balance and one of the strengths of the Pacers. So that's something to keep an eye out for as we keep moving on. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, he has been the breakout player for the for the Pacers this year. I think uh, Oladipo is about right on par with where he was last year. Turner, unfortunately, we haven't seen a whole lot from him yet, although he's put together um, some pretty decent offensive nights. Um, but the, the bright spot is Sabonis coming off the bench. Uh, him and Tyreek have been working great together. He's averaging 13 points and 10 rebounds a game. And uh, he's just, uh, when you're watching the Pacers, he's one of the guys that you just love to see in the game. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe Thad Young's a better player, uh, but for whatever reason, I just like Sabonis in those minutes. Uh, anyways. I just feel like Sabonis should probably keep, should maybe get a little bit more minutes. Um, just find room to find a way to get him in there. Cause I think he's got breakout potential. Um, Oladipo stat lines after six games, he's been pretty good. I would say um, he's at 21.8, 5.3 rebounds, four and a half assists, one and a half steals. Um, only 0.33 blocks. I thought he used to, you know, I'd like to see him get closer to like a block a game, but. Um, great stat line. I would say that's probably on par with where it was last year. I don't know. I guess I should probably familiarize myself with his stats a little bit better. But um, I was thinking a breakout year for Oladipo would have him up pushing around the 25 points a game. Um, his rebounds are there. His assists are good. His steals are good. You know, maybe some blocks. Uh, but I think if the Pacers, you know, finish top three in the East and Oladipo averages 25 uh, points a game, keeps his rebounds, assists, and steals right where they're at now. Um, you know, he's looking at second team All-NBA. Um, one one thing that's great so far is he's shooting the ball extremely well. He's at, he's at 49% from the field. Uh, that's with 45% three-point shooting. And he's putting them up decent. He's uh, at 2.3 made a game. Uh, the bad spot for Oladipo so far this season has been his free throw shooting. He's 54% right now after the first six. Um, I think if, you know, if he just fixes that, which I'm sure he will, he's a good shooter. 
Um, you mentioned in, in the game against Cleveland where he, I don't know, he's probably three of six or something like that. Um, you know, they talked about his free throws and uh, he said something like, well, I'm in my head too much or I might just be thinking about it too much. Um, so anyways, he's going to get that fixed. And if he does, then that's going to add an extra two points to his points per game, which is going to put him, you know, right there at 24 a game. So he could still, I could still see him ended up, um, you know, um, scoring more this year than he did last. And then with the Pacers balance, it's like, you know, if he can just be super efficient the way he is right now, get, I mean, if he shoots a 50% from the field, 40% from three, gets his free throw percentage back up, um, his turnovers aren't bad. I think he's like 2.5 or 2.8. He uh, takes charges, he steals, he's having a heck of a season, just needs to fix the free throws. I'd also like to see, um, I don't know, maybe this just goes goes totally against what the Pacers are as a team, but I'd like to see Oladipo go for like 40. Um, he has games where he, he starts hot and then he just kind of takes a back seat. And like, I think it was the game against San Antonio. Uh, he had 19 in the first half or something like that. And then ended up with only five more in the second half or something. It's just, I'd like to see him keep pouring on for a game and just, just put a, put a big game up there. And, you know, uh, just to kind of solidify the fact that he, you know, he can score the ball and he's an elite scorer. And in the playoffs, uh, we'll have a guy that can go head to toe with, you know, somebody like, um, I don't know, some of those, some of those like Ben Simmons or, uh, I don't think he could compete necessarily with, with, uh, uh, the Greek freak, but, you know, maybe, you know, at least put up a fight. Uh, we just need to have that. We need, we need Oladipo to, to continue to be like a stronger alpha, right? It's like, all right, he's our alpha. We're the wolf pack, um, but we need a stronger alpha. So that's why you, I think you just got to see Oladipo have a cup, like a crazy night. Maybe he does it um, this next week uh, because we're going to be playing some teams that uh, aren't, going to have a lot of resistance let's put it that way to Oladipo um so yeah after six Oladipo's looking good I think just uh you know he'll get he can pick up two points a game just based off of making his free throws and then if he throws down a 40 point game or a 50 point game maybe a couple in the 30s just um you know boom points per game goes up um, okay, here's some surprises. I was the Pacers are as a team are shooting the ball extremely well, um, 51% from the field as a team, which is incredible. That's second place in the NBA, right behind the Golden State Warriors. Um, one thing that I have noticed though is you know we've had a pretty easy schedule, I would say. Um, we have been on the road, but, you know, it's only six games. But the fact that, you know, we're second in the league right now in field goal behind the Warriors, that's a good sign. Um, I made a note here about Corey Joseph. He's He's been rock solid off the bench, averaging nine points, four rebounds, and four assists a game. Um, he's, been a, he's been a real strength for our bench unit. Really, our, I mean, the fact that we have nine guys averaging eight points or more a game, I mean, that's crazy. 
uh, weaknesses that I've that 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 um, the Pacers have right now. They're last in the NBA in made free throws per game. So the problem I see with that is you're just when you start playing these good teams, um, and you're not getting to the free throw line, and you're not even executing when you do get to the free throw line. Um, you know, that's that's just not a good sign <laughs> because the, the other team's probably getting to the free throw line more. That's that's just free points, and the Pacers shoot the free throw well. Um, oh, they don't shoot a lot of attempts either. I think they were 28th in the league in free throw attempts, but um, last in made free throws per game. They also um, need to shoot the three ball more. They, uh, I was looking at their, okay, I know I'm getting kind of bogged down here stats. Let me be, let me be more, more clear here. Um, the Pacers are first in the NBA in three point percentage right now. They're shooting 44.6% from three. Second place team in the NBA is the Spurs and they're shooting 40% from three. So we're shooting four points higher than the second place team in the entire NBA in three point percentage. That's incredible. Um, I had no idea that the Pacers were going to, I would assume that would be the Golden State Warriors um, or the Houston Rockets. Um, The problem is that we are second to last in three-point attempts. So we're making the threes, but we're just not shooting them. Second to last in in three-point attempts, but first by far in three-point percentage. It's like, let's shoot more threes. We, we, We have... But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, um, we're winning. We're four and two. But and we're getting we get wide open threes. So maybe it's Pacers just use good discretion while shooting threes. Um, Yeah, maybe I shouldn't jump to such conclusions that it's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it's better to shoot um, when you're not shooting as many threes and you're knocking them down at a high rate. I don't know. I just think. You know, no, I'm going to stick to my guns here. Shoot more threes. Shoot more threes. Um, so maybe they will. Uh, let's see. What's next? So this upcoming week, the Pacers have four games on the schedule. They play Monday at home against the backcourt of Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers come to town uh, for a nice home game for the Pacers. Um, Wednesday, well, let's just talk about the Blazers game first. I think, um, well, no, let me hear Here's the schedule. So Monday, they play the Blazers at home. Wednesday, they go to New York, go to Madison Square Garden and play the Knicks. Friday, they travel to Chicago and play the Bulls. And then Saturday, they are home against Boston. Um, what a game. So a really a busy week for the Pacers with four games. But I see them. Uh, this is where I think I think Oladipo has a chance to, to make a mark, either at Madison Square Garden. Actually, that's where he should do it. Wednesday against the Knicks. The Knicks suck. Um, the Pacers should go in there and get a win. Oladipo should show off. Um, oh, let me back up real quick. So tomorrow, Monday against the Blazers at home, that should be a win. The Blazers are definitely a good team. 
they're a great team, I'd say, on a neutral court. It might be, be, be a coin flip between Blazers and Pacers. Um, but the Pacers are at home. Take care of business. You can beat the Blazers. Um, I think that's one that we need. I think if we drop that game, it it makes me question the San Antonio win. So let's build off the San Antonio win, get another solid win against the Blazers, protect home court, boom, we should beat that team. That's a win. Wednesday, we go to Madison Square Garden, put on a show, beat the shit out of the Knicks. That's an easy win. Friday at Chicago. Chicago's not very good this year. Chicago's a team that thumped the Pacers in the preseason. Go up there with revenge, kick their ass on the road. I would love to see, like I've, I've repeated myself a lot, but Oladipo throw down a massive game on one of those two nights. Um, and then it all, you know, it comes, this is where it's going to be. Right now we're tied with Boston. So we should win Monday. We should win Wednesday. We should win Friday. So we'd be looking at a record of seven and two matching up Saturday against the Boston Celtics, who have already have two losses. So we're going to, if we win, we're going to be right there with the Celtics um, for a great game against two of the top teams in the East. It's at home. This is going to be our first like true test. Like, okay, can we take care of the Celtics? That's going to be, that's going to be the test. So for this, for this week, I would say a birdie would be four wins. That'd be take care of business against the Blazers beating the two bad teams on the road and then beating the Boston Celtics at home um, early in the season. I would say par would be three wins. I'm tempted to say two, but um, three, you know, okay, we lose against Boston. They're a way better team. They are, they started the season off slow, but they're hitting, hitting stride. Um, they, they're just a better team on paper. So if Boston beats the Pacers, I'm still going to say the Pacers could have a good week, even if they lose that game to Boston. I'm tempted to say, well, you can lose one of the games on the road um, because it is ne- it's not necessarily a given on the road. But uh, so two or three wins par bogey would be if we only come out with one or zero wins this week. Um, that would be a major setback if we only get one win um, this next week. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a good season so far. I like, like I said, the the balance of the Pacers, um, the chemistry seems pretty good. I Darren Collison's starting to play a little better. Yeah, so it's good for the Pacers. Um, we'll see what happens next week. So for the last part of the podcast, I'm going to call this section good stuff. This is just uh, good stuff or stuff I want to talk about. So if you're just here for the Pacers, now would be the time to exit. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted a spot to talk about whatever. And here it goes. So last week, I had a I had a cool uh, a cool story about humanity, and so my wife and I were taking the boat out of the lake. Um, I was driving the boat. It, it was like crazy windy. I was driving the uh, 
the car with pulling the boat and I was going to the marina, which I'm not familiar with. So I was on roads that I'm not super familiar with. Um, but we were driving and we out in the country and I, and there's a blue minivan coming my way. And I see the guy in the front seat kind of out of the corner of my eye, looked like he was, um, he had both hands kind of off the wheel a little bit and was kind of like trying to get my attention, kind of like slow down is what I, what I now know. Um, but shortly after we passed that van, um, I come up on a tree, like a huge tree that, well, not that huge, but a big enough tree that you would not want to hit it had completely fallen over and it was covering both sides of the road. So just boom, uh, right on the road. And uh, so luckily I saw it in time to get stopped um, with the boat. Um, and so I get out of the car, me and Lindsay go, and we uh, start trying to move this tree and it's not going to budge. And I'm thinking, man, I can't turn around with this boat because I'm, first of all, I, I kind of suck at, at driving it or steering it. Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to be able to back out, like make a turnaround here. And luckily, after about a minute or two, here comes a, another truck headed our way. So I kind of like start waving my hands, flash them down. Um, and luckily, this guy comes out of his truck and he's putting some gloves on and he's a, you know, a bigger guy. I'm like, oh, nice. So like we're maybe we'll be able to move this tree. And so we start pulling on it and uh, it starts moving, but it's getting caught because it's kind of like wedged. Um, it's kind of still attached into the woods. Uh, so then we'd have to kind of pull it out before we could pick it up and uh, drag it further off the road. And then as we were moving it, um, another car came up from behind me and the guy just jumped out of his car, just ran up to our tree, started dragging it with us. Um, and it took us, you know, maybe two and a half, three minutes um, to get the tree off the road. But then it's like, boom, we got it off the road. And it was just a cool moment with everybody that just kind of jumped, jumped in and um, moved the tree. Like we didn't say a lot, you know, we didn't like stick around and get each other's name or anything. Um, but it was just a cool moment with other humans. And uh, there's one of the things, you know, Lindsay and I were talking about afterwards was how it's like, you know, we could go to like work or something or, you know, we see, we see those run into those people in public and judge them or like, I don't know, maybe like hate them if they were like, you know, I don't know, like just judging people, I guess would be the bad thing. But um, regardless, it was just cool to have a good moment with, just strangers and it just felt good. And I bet everybody probably felt that same way. Like, Oh, nice. This was a, a good experience as humans. Good job guys. Um, so that was really cool. I wanted to share that. Oh, my mouth got here. Um, the other cool thing or the other good thing was my cousin got married this weekend down in Indianapolis. Um, so it was, an honor and a pleasure to go down for the wedding on Friday. Um, we had a great time, got to see my brothers, mom and dad, a lot of the family, a lot of the extended family that I don't necessarily get to see as much anymore. Um, 
and the wedding was just beautiful, like a beautiful wedding. And as a married person, it's, I've noticed I love weddings a lot more now than I did as a kid. Um, it's a, it's just such a nice reminder of your own relationship. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, congratulations, Alicia on your marriage. And it was a beautiful wedding. Um, and we had a lot of fun with fan, with family and friends now. Uh, another awesome thing is I'm going to see Sir Sly and Joy Wave on um, this Wednesday, Halloween night in Chicago with Jason and Josh, my brothers. So really looking forward to that. And then, oh, I uh, yeah, updated artwork for the podcast. So made some tweaks. I think it looks better. Um, yeah, so that's about it. I think that's it. Yeah, cool. So thanks for checking it out and hope everybody has a good week. I am. I'm looking forward to this week. And uh, let's go Pacers. Later.